Listen, can you help me find Commander Data? I understand he's somewhere on this deck. This way, sir. You must be new to these galaxy-class flagships, sir. Tell me the location of Commander Data. Lieutenant Commander Data, now located in Holodeck Area 4J. And as you can see, sir, it's pointing you that way. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. The next hatchway on your right. Thank you. You're welcome, Commander Riker. And if you care to enter, Commander. I do. Yes, Commander Riker does wish to enter, and he does so. I'm Will, and I'm entering your life right now as the sci-fi guy in Substack. And that was a clip from Encounter of Farpoint with Commander William Riker, good old Jonathan Frakes, and the first appearance of the holodeck, the legendary, the fabled holodeck. Could it get any more legendary than a holodeck? I don't think so. Be kind of hard. The X Men's Danger Room, you know the uh, the fantasies, the fan- maybe Fantasy Island, the plane, the plane, boss, right? Welcome to Fantasy Island with good old Rocato Montalban. Rocato Montalban as Khan, but but we're we're dealing with the holodeck tonight. We're dealing with holography and holograms. I guess what. Uh, the good old doctor on Voyager would be saying, right? Dealing with holograms. So before we even get into what exactly is a holodeck, we should go, what exactly is a hologram? Or what is what exactly is holography? Now everyone, especially of course Star Trek fans, we know the holodeck, we know Doc from Voyager, the good old holo, the hollow doc, holographic doctor. But what exactly is a hologram? How is it created? Certainly how it's created in the Star Trek universe. Hundreds of years from now in that fictional universe, it's going to differ from realistic, authentic, and true holograms. Or certainly our understanding now of holograms. But what exactly is a hologram? We go to the official wiki as we want to do. Holography, holography rather, is a technique that enables a wavefront to be recorded and later reconstructed. Holography is best known as a method of generating three-dimensional imagery. It also has a wide range of other applications. In principle, it is possible to make a hologram for any type of wave. A hologram is made by superimposing a second wavefront or the reference beam on the wavefront of interest. It is diffracted to create the original wavefront. Holograms can also be computer-generated by modeling the two wavefronts and adding them together digitally. The resulting digital image is then printed onto a suitable mask or film and illuminated by a suitable source to reconstruct the wavefront of interest. A lot of uh, sort of technobabble there, but basically 
it's several photographs or two, sometimes I guess two photographs of a single hologram taken from different viewpoints. So it's essentially taking every sort of conceivable angle, different shots and sort of, you know, weaving them together. And today, of course, it would be much, much more so done uh, digitally. And so that's um, a hologram. Now, the history is uh, pretty extensive. The Hungarian-British physicist uh, Dennis Gabor was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1971, 1971 for his invention and development of the holographic method. Um, his work, though, was done in the late 1940s and was built on pioneering work in the field of X-ray uh, micro, microscopy by other scientists. So we're talking about at least... 80, 90, maybe 100 years in terms of the, I guess, the foundational work that was uh, that was first uh, enabled. But in the 70s, the, the Nobel Prize was awarded for the holographic method, which I guess is pro- probably pretty much used even to today. Uh, we have laser holography, a lot of ways to make a hol- uh, hologram. Of course, we're dealing with Star Trek. <laughs> we're dealing with Gene Roddenberry's universe, and this is the official explanation of our holodeck. And it is a fictional device from the TV franchise, which uses holograms, project, projected light and, and electromagnetic energy, which create illusions of solid objects to create a realistic 3D simulation of a real or imaginary setting in which participants freely interact with the environment as well as objects, characters, and sometimes a predefined narrative. And of course, that makes me think of episodes like The, the Big Goodbye, Elementary Dear Data, when uh, Data and Geordi romp around as Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And I guess in Voyager, the uh, Fairhaven series of of stories and, uh, you know, plots and and, and rompings and and playtime with the the Eilers village in Voyager. In several series, it goes on to say, holodecks are an, 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 an amenity are an amenity available to the crew of starships in the series Deep Space Nine. A similar device is referred to as the Hollow Suite, operated by the owner of the space station's bar, Quark, who rents them out to customers. And I'm sure he rents them at a premium, at a nice rate. From a storytelling point of view, the holodeck permits the introduction of a wide variety of locations and characters, such as events and persons in the Earth's past or imaginary places or beings that would otherwise require the use of plot mechanisms, such as time travel or dream sequences. Writers often use it as a way to pose philosophical questions. And in my own episode, my own Next Generation episode, Homeward, the holodeck is used extensively. In fact, if there was no holodeck, there would be no sort of fooling of the Baralans, the aliens in the episode with uh, good old Worf's foster brother. And he wouldn't be able to do what he would... Nikolai Roshenko would not be doing what he did with the Baralans, so they needed the holodeck. And so many of our favorite episodes utilize the holodeck. Now, this is really interesting. It's talking about how it's depicted in the episodes. Um, the inside of the holodeck, of course, as we know, when not running, are typically shown as an empty room of medium size or with bright yellow grid patterns. Um, and of course, it, when activated, all that disappears, and we have the uh, the hollow um, the, the holographic environment. 
When the holodeck is activated, the room disappears, replaced by the realistic interactive simulation of a physical world. The simulated environment is not limited to the size of the room, but can be conceivable, but can be any conceivable size, and particip participants can move freely as far as they like. And here's the sort of the core of the holodeck. The environment, the objects, and people, created from a combination of projected light, force fields, and replicated matter, using the same techniques as the ship's food replicators, holographic projections are solid within the holodeck and can be interacted with as if they're real, but disappear instantly when the program ends, or degrades rapidly if removed from the holodeck. However, some episodes do show that simulated matter persists beyond the confines of the holodeck such as in the encounter at Farpoint, in which Wesley Crusher falls into a holographic stream and he remains wet after leaving the holodeck. Boy, does he remain wet and gets it all over Captain Picard's uh, hallway and corridor and, and ship. Um, interesting, living characters within the holodeck can be given varying levels of intelligence from total lack of animation to full interactive convincing simulations of human beings and other sentient beings, even including self-awareness. Now, of course, that's sort of the sticking point and the core of the metaphysical questions raised in Elementary Dear Data with Professor Moriarty. How does he become almost sentient and self-aware? Um, Captain Picard saves Moriarty's program against the day when that will be possible. Um, of course, in Voyager, a story arc spanning the entire series of Star Trek Voyager is the development of a holographic emergency program known as the Doctor. And we certainly know uh, the, the splash that the Doc made. Okay, and they talk about just the Next Generation episode, Big Goodbye, featuring a story set in the holodeck, was honored with a Peabody Award in recognition of its new standard of quality for first-run syndication. And the Peabody Award was named for American businessman and philanthropist George Peabody, honoring the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories of TV, radio, and online media. So it's a very prestigious and very well-respected award. And the big goodbye, the Next Generation episode in the first season, got it. Um, let's see. It says the big goodbye was, was also nominated for two Emmy Awards in the categories Categories of Outstanding Cinematography and Outstanding Costumes for a Series. Costume designer William Werthweiss won the award. And the Big, is, the Big Goodbye is the only Star Trek episode to win a Peabody Award. Pretty damn amazing. And there's many other sort of facts, you know, about um, relating to the holodeck. Um... This is, of course, um, comic book fans know the X-Men comic book series depicts a training room. And I remember it being called the Danger Room. Uh, yeah, the Danger Room and uh, or Training Room. Yeah, the Danger Room from, from Marvel's X-Men, which was originally depicted as a mechanical affair, but later as using holograms and other sensory simulations. So first they used sort of robotic, I guess animatronic or, you know, solid material things, and later they would use projected uh, holograms in the danger room of the X-Men. And of course, now right up into Star Trek Picard, um, on, the on the show, the current show on Paramount Plus, they have um, things called hollow matrix guest rooms, uh, which be have become a familiar amenity. And uh, I'm sure they're having good fun with the hollow matrix. 
So there you have it. I mean, you know, you, you've got to give them credit um, to say that, you know, just like one of the um, descriptions and summaries in the article that they would ha- you'd be having to use time travel or some other uh, technique to do, you know, the stories or, you know, achieve these, uh, these flights of fancy. But with a holodeck, with all those holograms, you can do it pretty simply. Of course, the energy, I always um, was, you know, amazed or I would always, you know, so much energy you're taking to, to make all these little sort of holographic puppets. But I guess a fully charged starship with a warp core can handle it. Want to thank you guys for listening as usual. I hope you guys are subscribing, either the free or the paid people for four ninety nine. You get some extra goodies, either or. When you subscribe, you get all our updates, and we love hearing from you. Keep on commenting and feedback. Live long and prosper. We'll see you soon.